Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, the Dean Blundell Network proudly brings to you your favorite NFL podcast on the network, the loudmouth Chris Phillips, the brewmaster Steve Fisher, the Ball Hawks podcast. All right, welcome everybody to another episode of the Ball Hawks podcast. We want to first wish everybody a happy Father's Day out there, much like the Seahawks tweeting, uh, we're waiting for the at 49ers to wish us a happy Father's Day. Uh, I've been seeing a lot of those on Twitter today and every time they're absolutely hilarious to me, especially when people take them the wrong way, so... There you go, uh, 49ers fans. If you want to take that the wrong way and run with it, you do that. Uh, we're on episode number 617. Uh, look at that. T- two weeks in a row I have botched that. Good for me. Um, I'm your host, Steve Fisher. I don't know if I should call myself the host anymore with my poor introductions, but unfortunately, you're stuck with me. Uh, if you'd like to see more or read more of that horrible introing you can find me on twitter at ssfisher87 and i am here for a record-breaking 17th street episode mr buzz lightyear christopher phillips what's happening today dude to infinity (laughs) and beyond i i am so excited that you gave me buzz lightyear i um we were watching toy story 4 Buzz Lightyear holds a very, very, very near and dear uh, spot in my heart um, because Toy Story was my was Olivia's first like obsession. That was the first movie that she ever got obsessed with, and oh, nice. she was so obsessed with with Buzz Lightyear. Um, when we took her to Disneyland when she was two, um, I can't finish that story because um, she is going to listen to this. So never mind. Uh, um, but like we JK. looked, we looked at, we looked all throughout the park to try to find Buzz Lightyear. Uh, she wanted to name her baby brother Buzz. Um, yeah, so I'm super excited for the Buzz Lightyear. Buzz uh, Phillips. I guess I don't know. Is Buzz the sidekick? Like I don't know. They they're kind of like a one A one B. But uh, happy to be here. Happy Father's Day, Steve. Um, really happy to be here today. Uh, it, you know. It uh, it was a really good day uh, with the family. Um, you guys can find me over on Twitter as well uh, at Phillips Chris Twelve, and of course, don't forget to follow the uh, podcast account at Ballhawks underscore Pod. And guess what? I was listening this week. I heard you drop your own uh, Twitter. So, oh, bravo! There, there we go. We finally are listening yeah. to each other when we podcast. What a weird yeah. concept! Yeah, it only um, took three months. <laughs> just three months to do it. We did it. Yeah. Um, yeah, like uh, our fun WWF Chris intro says, we are part of the Dean Blundell Network. Uh, you can find the pod over there, uh, deanblundell.com. You can find our blog posts um, just by searching our name there. You can find us on Instagram, same handle as Twitter, and then obviously our YouTube and Facebook by searching up Ballhawks Podcast. Um so last week, uh, I was so taken back by your new WWF intro that we totally forgot like our big news. 
And so obviously the people who follow us know this, but we got our brand new logo and it is looking flame emoji as the kids would say. Uh, there it is for all of you going to be watching the clips. Um, just really sharp looking. It's clean. It's simple. It says football. It says podcast. It says we're Canadians. It says Ravens, Seahawks. Um, and we kind of got the the little demo of what it would look like on some swag, like a t-shirt. And it, it looks pretty cool. So um, I just wanted to say a huge thanks to uh, Dave down at the train station pub. I know he uh, without even us saying anything, he got a graphic designer on our logo for us and kind of surprised us with it um, out of the blue kind of idea. So big thanks to him and to Jeff for uh, being the one who designed it. So go down, check out Train Station Pub. Best best fries in Kelowna, like hands down best fries in Kelowna. Uh, not to mention what I think they have like 20 beer taps on there and uh, other cocktails. So if you're not from the area and you're in Kelowna, uh, go down to the Dolphins, kind of right close to where the Dolphins are or Kitty Corner to Prospera Place. So big thanks to those guys. Um, yeah. yeah. Do you want to add anything to that? Just No. It's, yeah. Thanks, guys. Uh, we really appreciate it. I know, I know Jeff... Um, we, we put you through the ringer a little bit um, <laughs> with with edits and things like that. So we really appreciate you uh, putting in in the, the effort to, um, I guess, get it to a point where we are like, yeah, this is what we were looking for. So um, how was your Father's Day, man? Yeah, it was good. Just low yeah. key. I'm not I'm not really a, a huge like celebration kind of guy or gifts or anything like that. But uh, just always a good reminder that day uh, like every day for me that i'm just super thankful to have children even on the craziest of days um yeah it was awesome how about yours uh it was yeah it was it was really good um my i'm sure you saw my post there my son made my three-year-old son made me cry this morning um by just being super cute and uh filled with this thing at uh, it was either a daycare or preschool i, I don't really know but uh it, you know there it's like all these questions about dad and then the last one is like i love my dad because and my son finished the sentence he's my best friend and i'm just like oh you are just like the cutest little guy ever and yeah so i had had a few tears over that one um then we just went downtown Kelowna today uh and enjoyed uh there's a farmer's market going on i mean it was like super hot out today so we enjoyed the sunshine grabbed some ice cream uh yeah it was a really good day yeah i saw the well i saw the post about uh him making you cry and it's just one of those ones where they can just be terrors for is like all day, every day, nonstop. And then they just do that one cute thing. And you're like, oh, there I we have, go. I have said this multiple times to multiple people. And uh, to anyone who might get offended by this, I'm not sorry. Because um, I definitely have had a few people like look at me, like give me that, that, that head tilt, like, did you actually just say that? And there's a reason why kids are cute. And it's so we don't kill them when they drive <laughs> us crazy. Like, <laughs> if anyone they, they is are, giving you weird looks, it's because they're probably not parents themselves. That's right? every parent yeah. listening to this is like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Good for yeah, them. Kids, Good for him for not yeah. killing them. <laughs> yeah, because they're cute. And I see sure. uh, I see you've got a 
over your your left, my screen right, you've got a Happy Father's Day balloon. Who who gave you that one? That one, well, it's from both the kids, um, but uh, I mean, they were, I, I don't know, I think they're more excited about it than than I was. I mean, it, it's a balloon, I, I appreciate it, but they were fighting all day over it. Um, <laughs> of course. But that is, uh, that is my daughter's doing. Olivia said, Dad, are you going to bring your balloon on your podcast tonight and have it in your background? I think my wife actually might have planted the seed and Olivia, of course, just ran with it. And I was like, well, I can't say no now, can I? But yeah, no, that, that was Olivia's doing. Uh, she is, um, as much as, again, as much as she drives me crazy, um, she's a really good, uh, really good kid, a uh, really good six-year-old. She's almost done grade one. Um, she is like, she is full-blown reading now. And That's like wild. her mom and I are just so, so proud of her. Isn't that bad when, well, not bad. It, it's a good thing. But the, the times when you can't show like your wife or somebody in the room, like a message that's like a funny joke or your kid reads it and they're like, dad, no. You're like, I, oh, right. I forgot you can read. Like, I can't just spell things out to mom. Like, hey, do you want to give them I-C-E-C-R-E-A-M? <laughs> daddy that's ice cream yeah. why did we teach you how to read <laughs> yeah that's that's olivia and actually i had to give her i think it was like two weeks ago i had to give her crap um she was sitting on my lap and i was like i don't know i was on twitter or like sending a tweet or sending a text i can't remember exactly what i was doing but i was on my phone and she's sitting on my lap and as i'm typing she's reading what i'm typing out loud and i'm like hey like stop doing that like i wasn't <laughs> typing anything like hey like my wife sucks. Like I wasn't typing anything like that, <laughs> but it was just like one of those things where I was like, Hey, like that's like next, next time you should, uh, you should set her up next time. It, like if your wife is in the room, type out like mommy is stupid and see if she'll like read it out just cause she's trying to be like fun and reading. And you're like, Olivia, how dare you say mommy is stupid? Wow. I think I got the message through to her to go ahead read on what's on my phone just don't say it out loud anymore so yeah um i, I don't have to worry about, I, don't, I don't have to worry about setting her up anymore yeah especially when daddy and the grown-ups are playing cards do not tell my cards out loud or you are done well, ex yeah ex exactly yeah um so some nfl stuff um again a little slow of a week we're kind of getting into those traditional dog days of summer um, we really just need training camp to start. Yeah, like there's still stuff going on, but, it you know, it's a little slower in terms of like players moving and things happening. Um, and just to build off of something, we we don't have to spend a lot of time on this because I got too fired up last time. Uh, but something we were building off of last week with players and getting vaccinated, um, Cole Beasley of the Buffalo Bills kind of made some headway in my opinion for all the wrong reasons and he titles his tweet public service announcement i mean that's enough to get people to you know go after you but essentially he's saying like this is my stance of being uh, my decision to be unvaccinated and i think he says somewhere in there like point blank period stay clear of me or get vaccinated, essentially. And it's just like this uh, post about 
I think what he's trying to do is build support for people who are deciding to be unvaccinated, which, you know what, I think we said it last week. Good for you. You can do it's your body, your choice. I'm not going to tell you what to do. I'm just going to protect myself um, and protect others by getting the vaccine. Um, But he kind of just went about it in the wrong ways. It was like this really entitled kind of essentially you're stupid if you get vaccinated like i don't know it it just rubbed me the wrong way and i feel like for a guy that is trying to build awareness for his side of uh you know an agreement an issue whatever you want to call it uh he definitely went the wrong way about it and i mean i couldn't i couldn't disagree with him anymore Especially after uh, uh, what was oh Friday, um, uh, the Rich Eisen show had to force Buckner on and asking him about his decision to get vaccinated, and the very first thing he says is the studies are showing that I actually can't pass on COVID if I happen to get it if I'm vaccinated, and I just thought that was such a like he he wasn't talking about protecting himself first and foremost. It was like I'm doing this. First of all, because it's going to help other people like the that whole like good humanity faith restored. And I just thought, you know, it was such a yin yang thing seeing Cole Beasley's comments versus DeForest Buckner's. I don't know if you saw it or if you have any opinion on it. Oh, I saw it. Um, <laughs> I, I, I heard that uh, Cole Beasley is um, he's auditioning for uh, the next Joker movie. Yeah, um, he just. Yeah. Yeah, it just doesn't have the 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 clown paint on its face yet. Yeah. Um. I mean, I guess to I don't know play devil's advocate. I mean, we all know what side of the fence I stand. Um. I'm I'm on the side of I I think you should get vaccinated. I am half vaccinated. Um. You know, you you said like he he came out with this post of like you know to say like basically you're stupid if you do get the vaccine well and i mean there, there are also plenty of posts of people saying you're stupid if you don't get vac- <laughs> the vaccine so it's it's i mean to just play devil's advocate he is just yeah like you said he is he is uh using his platform um to support i guess his cause or what he believes in and i i, I think he actually uh, i don't know if he included it in the the psa statement excuse me, or if it was something that uh, he tweeted after the fact um, that, you know, he is using the fact that he is an NFL veteran, that he is 32 years old. He has made a ton of money. um, So he's in a better position to stand up and say something than maybe some of the um, newer players in the league that don't, you know, haven't signed a big contract like he has. So, I mean, to that regard, I, you know, you, you have to, although we don't agree with it, we ha- you do have to respect what he is doing. He is standing up for what he believes in, um, and he is uh, standing, you know, providing a voice for the voiceless. Um, so in that regard, you have to respect it, um, even though you don't agree or necessarily respect the message. Yeah, definitely, like... I I just I don't care what people do with their own bodies. I think it's completely your choice. Uh, the one thing I would say to that, though, is, yes, he is giving a voice for those who are on the unvaccinated side. But 
it's just such a selfish way to look at it. Like somewhere in there, it's like, you know, I'm not going to take meds for a leg that isn't broken. I'd rather take my chances with COVID and build up an immunity essentially like which is eat better drink water exercise and do what i think is necessary to be a healthy individual and it's like you're so misinformed and i guess that's where maybe i have the most problem with it is he does have a platform and he is spewing misinformation to support his side of the cause and i think that uh it is his choice to not get vaccinated but spreading misinformation is just it's wrong. It, it's just pure wrong. Like, I don't know. Well, and, and, and like I said, it, you know, you don't have to agree with the message because um, the message is, is not correct and it's not factual. But you have to, like I said, re- respect what he's doing by standing up for what he believes in. And, and the whole thing like, oh, you know, I'm not going to take meds for a leg that's not broken. It's like, yeah, OK, but you did take meds last year to play a football game with a broken leg. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess that like goes against what, you know, he said, like, I wouldn't take meds if I didn't have a broken leg. But OK, but you you clearly you trust science. Yeah. If you if you took meds, if you took painkillers to play through a broken leg. Yeah. Um, clearly, you trust science. So why not now? Yeah. Um, anyways, that's enough of that one. Uh, I, I can feel my blood pressure rising again. Um, another guy who is kind of, you know, today actually just, well, I guess not today, but sort of over the, the weekend really making, you know, Twitter news for all probably the wrong reasons. And that's the honey badger, Tyran Matthew. Um, I'll read this out without the cuss words, uh, cause this is a family friendly program. Uh, he tweets out real talk, every fan page in nfl hates me and i gotta be honest i blank love it i absolutely love it poor babies gotta see my face all on their timelines all the time i feel like a super villain and twitter kind of just ran with this and people are like like guy i like you you're actually one of my like more favorite nfl players but what in the hell are you talking about? Like, nobody sees you as a supervillain. Not not even remotely close. Like, if you want to talk supervillains, start with, like, maybe a Sue character or, you know, someone who's actually done something. And, uh, of course, all of the Ravens players or Ravens uh, fans that I follow uh, just had a heyday with him. And we're basically calling him out, being like, what is this guy on right now? where he is spewing this stuff and he went and by he, I mean, uh, Matthew went on a blocking spree of Ravens fans and people were having the time of their lives today posting that the honey badger has now blocked them on Twitter for their comments. Did you see it? Um, I saw the tweet. Um, I didn't really think anything of it like i didn't understand the context and like i didn't really dive too deep into it i think i i saw it when um i think i might have been playing madden when i saw it like i was just kind of like you know waiting for the game to load and quickly pulled up twitter and saw that and i was like i don't i have no idea what's going on like i don't know maybe someone posted something that he didn't like or whatever like i said I, i didn't dive too deep into it it just seemed like i don't know you see these celebrities and these athletes 
um, from time to time, just kind of like tweet similar similar things where it's just like, you know, enough is enough, and you know, y'all hate me, and I'm okay with that, and like, I don't know, I I, I don't look too much into it, and actually, um, I forgot I forgot to mention in the the open. I just wanted to uh, quickly shout out Marquise from uh, Cover Four. Uh, he whooped my ass in mid- Madden today, so <laughs> thanks for the ass beating, Marquise. That's so funny. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I also forgot to mention that I have it on Twitter, but uh, I'm actually going to be guest uh, appearing on their pod on Tuesday to chat some AFC North. So maybe on Tuesday, remind me, and I'll uh, I'll throw some. I'll get him going a little bit. Be like, hey, I heard Chris just like wipe the floor with you in Madden. Like he was he was the Texans without Deshaun Watson and you were the Bucks with a bunch of extra players and you still couldn't win or. Uh, yeah, I, I also didn't see what like the context of this uh, Tyran thing was. Uh, I, I wonder if around this time and the, these dog days of summer that guys need like a little extra motivation to like get their workout in and keep on their agenda and stuff like that. And they kind of like build these false narratives in their head. Like I I don't know one person uh, maybe other than Tom Brady that hates this guy. Like I I wish he was a Raven. He, you know, he plays fast. He plays hard. He plays, you know, aggressive. Uh, I like what he has to offer. Like I I don't think of him as a super villain, but yeah, it's just kind of weird. These guys, uh, building these stories up in their head or whatever. Um, uh, I guess uh, another another story that kind of came out earlier this week, uh, we're going to talk a little Derek Carr here, which is seems very odd to say out loud. Uh, but we are going to we are going to talk this because I think there's some interesting underlying messages or like debates in the football world. So Earlier this week, Derek Carr was quoted saying, um, I'd probably quit if he had to play elsewhere. So they were asking him about like why he never demanded a trade, like because the Raiders weren't having success. And uh, he said, I want to do it here. I'm assuming he's talking about winning. I don't want to do it anywhere else. I'd probably quit football if I had if I had to do it anywhere else. I'd rather go down with the ship if I had to. And uh, I was kind of thinking about that a lot today, this idea of these kind of middle tier, especially quarterbacks, because there's such a finite amount of them, you know, of starting quarterbacks in the league. Uh, These fringe quarterbacks who, you know, sign these big deals because they are he is a franchise quarterback, but he's that fringe kind of franchise quarterback. Um. Does do you think he has any leverage or there, he's actually serious that he would retire if the Raiders cut him or traded him or whatever? No, of course he wouldn't retire. Um, it's it's just lip service, right? It, it's just um, you you see it all the time in any professional sports. This is where I'm at at this moment. I'm sure Carson Wentz said you know similar similar things uh, about Philadelphia when he was there, right? This is where I'm at in this moment. Therefore, I'm going to say this is where I want to be. I don't want to be anywhere else. If you send me somewhere else, I'll just I'm, I'll take my ball and I'll go home and I'll I'll retire and I'll quit. Um, I mean, of course, like just think of like what the backlash would be if you were to say the, the opposite. Like 
yeah, I want to like go to the media. Yeah, I want to trade. Yeah, I want out of here. Like, I haven't won here. Um, I'm not treated right here. Uh, the media hates me. The fans hate me. Like, and then all of a sudden the Raiders don't trade him in week one. He's the starter of the the Las Vegas Raiders. Like, could I mean, you imagine quick. walking into that stadium with those fans after saying something like that? So it's, it's just it's what you have to do because if the time comes that he were to get traded let's say it's i don't know where who needs a quarterback um i don't know let's say he gets traded and now he's going to show up in this new city and somebody's going to ask him like well derek you said if you get traded from las vegas <laughs> you would retire and you go, oh no like i love it here i'm happy here i'm looking forward to the fresh start like blah 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 it's just they have you know it's it's all just marketing PR lip service. Um, maybe he's a little nervous because Marcus Mariota has a no trade clause in his contract. I don't know. <laughs> I, so I know it's a little different, but I mean, how how did that turn out for uh, for Julio? Right, like he essentially did what you just said. Like obviously he's not a franchise quarterback, but he it was, in my opinion, the face of the Falcons franchise. And he literally came out and said, no, I don't want to be here. Like, I want to go somewhere where I can win. And lo and behold, a week later, he's traded to a contender. Like, it's kind of putting yourself out there. But the reason I started thinking about this is because think of er, like super early in this offseason process. This is what started the whole Deshaun Watson thing before, obviously, the uh, the legal allegations came out was he said, I, you know, I'm never going to play football for the Houston Texans again. And it's looking like that's pretty accurate uh, for more reasons than just wanting to uh, be somewhere else. But he essentially said that, like, I'm not playing for you guys anymore. You suck. You treated me like crap. You haven't done anything in my like prime years. So I want out. And now you're kind of seeing that even with not as explicitly but you're kind of seeing that with Aaron Rodgers. It's like, I'm not playing for the Packers until the rest of this stuff gets figured out. So figure it out. And it's kind of like dividing the fans, according to some of the NFL uh, reporters. So I thought it was kind of interesting that you're starting to see more and more guys do it. Obviously, like the huge names like the Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson, Julio Jones. But now you're seeing like fringe guys saying, you know, I... I, I want to take control of this. Yeah, I I, I still just, I don't know. It, it's... You think it's just Rogers lip service? Just, but, like, that's the thing with Rodgers. Like, Rodgers hasn't actually come out and said anything. It's all been hearsay. You know, this guy leaks this, this guy leaks that. Like, nothing's actually been... Like, we haven't actually heard Aaron Rodgers say, I want out. Like, he hasn't gone to the media or anything like that and said that. It's all been hearsay, right? Um this is different. This is Derek Carr saying, I, I want to, to be here. And I, I, I think it's more so like maybe pleading to the coaches like, hey, I want to be here. Don't trade me. But True. like I said, there, there's no way he retires um, if they do trade him, even yeah. if they do trade him to Houston. Uh, one of the last ones that's kind of on our agenda here for around the NFL, and I'm going to let you run with it to start here because it's your team, but, uh, the recent news around Jamal Adams, what, what's going on there? He needs a new contract. 
um, I mean, that's that's really the only he's in the last year of his rookie deal. Um, you know, the 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 fifth year option with him being a first round draft pick. Um, and I mean, he's not holding out. Um, if, if you're talking about not being at, at OTAs last week, um, he was excused. Uh, he had a, a family, what did Pete say? It was like, uh, he had some sort of family emergency or family issue to deal with. And, and he was excused from, from OTAs. And, um, I tweeted about it, you know, family over football. Mm-hmm. So. Now, I don't like I, I don't want to put words in anybody's mouth or start rumors or anything like that. But if there was something bigger going on where you didn't want to stir the pot or have the media be in Seattle for a second time this offseason about, you know, maybe less favorable things to do with your team, uh, would you not use like, hey, guess what, Jamal? Uh, we are pissed off that you're not at OTAs. Uh, you still have one year on your contract. You should be here. Um, but for your sake and for our sake, we're going to say that this is all about, you know, personal issues. Maybe we'll say family issues. I, I just think no. there's something more no. there. Like it, it, he it can't be that no, big of a he coincidence. He wasn't the only guy not there. There was more than just him not there, but everyone only focuses on, on the fact that he wasn't there because everyone knows that he's going to want a new contract. So, I mean, I, I can't, I want to say Chris Carson wasn't there, but I, I don't know if that's a hundred percent true. Um, but there, there was other like veteran guys that weren't at these mandatory OTAs, but of course everyone just focuses on, you know, what's going to create a news story. Oh, Jamal Adams, isn't at mandatory OTAs? Um, and then like, cause I know Schefter, uh, tweeted it. And then I think it was like an hour later. It's like, Oh, well it turns out he's been excused from OTAs due to family issues. So it, it's just, it's the media looking to create a, uh, something out of nothing. Sure. And now do I, do I think a holdout could come uh, Yeah, of course. I mean, training camp is just over a month away. Uh, do I think he could hold out, uh, when training camp starts? Absolutely. Um, but so a, we'll I happens, think a couple right? things go against Jamal Adams in terms of uh, just chalking it down to media, I guess, storylines, which, you know what, only him and the Seahawks truly know, uh, you know, ho- hopefully there's nothing there. Um, one, obviously, like you said, is the contract where you're starting to see these players get into that fifth year option, which is a team option not a player option so the team decides yes Jamal Adams you're worth it to pay you this amount of money just for one year and it you know you don't know what's going to happen after that year so players are kind of taking that into their own hands in terms of being proactive in getting that contract to set their families up with there's nothing wrong with that but I think that's the first sort of thing where you're like you know, like we talked earlier, where there's smoke, there's fire. And the second thing is Jamal Adams has been known to be a little bit of a I will do what I think is best for me and my family, and I'm willing to die on this mountain over it kind of idea. So I maybe yeah. it's just a huge coincidence. But like we said, you know, in the Russell Wilson stuff where there's smoke, there's a little bit of fire. And maybe there is a little something to this. I I 
really don't believe there is. Um, again, just to circle back to our previous conversation about, you know, guys, uh, com- you know, Deshaun Watson coming out and saying, I, I will never play for the Houston Texans again. When Jamal wanted out of New York, he made it publicly known, I want out of New York. There's been nothing said about, I'm not showing up to OTAs. I'm not showing up to this. I'm not showing up to that until I get my new contract. Nothing's been said um, from him or his camp uh, re- regarding things like that. So I, 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 and it, maybe I'm just have my blinders on a little bit, but I don't know. I, I feel like I, I follow enough people on Seahawks Twitter um, that nobody is viewing this as anything bigger than what it is where he just, yeah, something, something came up, who knows what it is. Um, but something came up and he was not able to be at OTAs. Okay. So let me, I'm going to do one more into this just to probe a little bit. Cause you know, I wouldn't be a good host if I didn't do this. Um, let's see training camp comes and there's a holdout. Do you look back at this conversation and say, hmm, well, maybe Steve had a little something there. Or are they going to be totally, you know, not correlated at all, no matter what? No, I, I if he holds off from training camp, he holds off from training camp. Again, I, I don't really think that holds any bearing on him missing three days uh sure of his mandatory otas um but i don't think that holds any bearing on him missing three days of no contact no pads practice um and i mean again maybe we'll find out what the family issue was maybe it will become public or maybe it's something that he doesn't want shared um who knows Mm -hmm. it's i'm again i'm I'm not really gonna look too far into him missing otas i'm gonna take the team at their word um, if he holds out from the start of training camp, which if he doesn't have a new contract, I fully expect to happen. Um, whatever it is, it is what it is. It, he's not going to be the first guy to hold out from training camp. Won't be the last guy to hold out from training camp. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really not too, as you can tell, I'm very nonchalant. I'm not concerned about it yeah. at all. Uh, the other thing I was kind of thinking about was, uh, because last year these guys didn't have, you know, an off season at all. Uh, I, I really think this off season holds a lot of weight in terms of developing the younger guys from last year and gelling them with these veterans. And, you know, you might've only had three rookies, you know, drafted, but there's a bunch of other undrafted free agent rookies coming in. And I think this, uh, this off season really, I, I just think there's going to be a huge jump for some teams that where you saw players getting like their workouts in together and then they came to OTAs and they're going to probably do some more workouts and, you know, passing drills or whatever, just to get that chemistry. Uh, and then, you know, tr- actual training camp, uh, going into the season. Uh, okay. So we, wanted to we were kind of thinking of some different things to talk about this week obviously with being a slow week and I thought uh, you just made a trade in fantasy football and so why don't we dive into a little bit of super super early fantasy football stuff so uh, we are in a 12 team keeper league 
And I think this is what, like year seven or eight or something like that. So we're, we're way into it. Um, we are a standard scoring league. We have uh, five keepers in total. Four of those can be anyone you want. And then one is a rookie. So why don't we start off with uh, not only your one trade, but both of your trades, who you got. And we'll talk a little bit of like fantasy football value and trades here. Yeah. Um, so uh, like, like you mentioned, it is we get five keepers um, just to kind of add on to the, the rookie keeper. It's obviously it's a previous year's rookie. We don't get to, you know, before the draft, be like, I'm keeping this guy. Um, I traded. Uh, my best player. I traded away <laughs> Alvin. I traded Alvin Kamara uh, for the first, uh, sorry, first round, second overall draft pick, uh, and Kareem Hunt. And then I turned around uh, before that trade was really even finalized, <laughs> and I messaged our buddy Ted, uh, who has Nick Chubb, and said, "Hey." You interested in Cream Hunt and worked out a trade that I sent Cream Hunt over to Ted uh, for uh, third round, third overall pick and fourth round, third overall pick. So I, I turned uh, Alvin Kamara into uh, 1.02, 3.03 and 4.03. Yeah, so let's take the first trade there. I, you know, you you and I are huge fantasy football nerds, so uh, this will definitely be a more regular thing going into the actual season. Um, what was it about the evaluation of getting, I guess if you want to call it, a, a running back by committee, running back with a first-round pick for arguably... If I'm just thinking off the top of my head, I'm going to say one of the top three players in all of fantasy football across all types of leagues. So, like, what was it about that evaluation that you thought, yeah, you know, that's that's good enough to pull the trigger on? Uh, you mean adding accepting Kareem Hunt back in that? Yeah, like, I guess I guess, you know, just why Kareem Hunt or was it more about? The, the essentially the second overall pick coming up this year um it was more so the second overall pick coming up this year um the the other guy that i was talking to gave me the option of either kareem hunt or Cortland sutton um i like right. Cortland Cortland sutton i think he's gonna have a really good bounce back season for denver this year um Especially but it was Aaron more Rogers so i the ball yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I had no intentions of keeping Kareem Hunt. Um, I mean, I guess, you know, if if a trade with Ted didn't work out, I would have happily kept Kareem Hunt. I mean, he is, you know, I talked about it. He's an injury away or a trade to a different team away from being an every week RB1. Um, but I, I as soon as the option was like Cortland Sutton, Kareem Hunt, I was like, I'll go Kareem Hunt. And then I'll offer him to Ted right away. Like I said, <laughs> I, I offered him to Ted before my trade was even finalized. That's so funny. Um, just to get the ball, the conversation rolling with Ted, right? So it was one of those things that I was just like, okay, well, I, I think I'll be able to move Kareem Hunt and get good value for Kareem Hunt um, more so than Cortland Sutton. With the idea that you didn't really want to keep Kareem Hunt, you were just like, I want the picks. 
and I know how to work my assets. So for everyone listening or uh, new to our podcast here, uh, when we talk about our buddy Ted, he is uh, our guest from our fourth episode, who is a huge Cleveland Browns fan. So I think the the trade obviously made a lot of sense because he had Nick Chubb. And I think if I would have had Nick Chubb, you would have approached me on the trade. Yeah. Um, but I think I think this is kind of like one of those masterful trades where uh, the right player falls into your lap. And the guy who that's his favorite team, Ted's a huge Browns fan, also has the handcuff. Like it, it can't work any better uh, than that, because then you start getting into the thing of like, you know, is the guy going to overpay if he really likes Kareem Hunt and, you know, good on him. I, I think you're crazy to not like that duo. Uh, we both had that duo as our number one running back duo in the NFL. So whether you're a Browns fan or not, but then you start playing on their emotions a little bit, right? Where you're like, look, you could have your boys. These, these are your guys. And I mean, I'm guilty of it too. Last year, uh, I think it was week, week two or three before Dobbins really blew up, or I guess like blew up with the amount of touches that he got. Uh, I offered our buddy Devin, um, I think it was, I want to say it was a third round pick in Zach Moss. So the backstory with this one is, uh, my, my bitter story, my Eeyore moment, if you wish. Um, I had the first overall pick last year and I had like pick number, I want to say seven or eight or something like that in the first round. And I have no idea what happened. Like zero idea. Something happened with our draft. We had to restart it because there was a little bit of a glitch. So when we restarted, NFL.com put me on for auto draft without me noticing. And of course, uh, well, the first pick was made for me because our commissioner had to change that over anyway. So I, I wasn't aware that I was on auto draft it gets to my pick and I have my eyes locked in on Dobbins. And I'm like, I, this is my guy. He's a Raven. He's, you know, a dual threat running back. Um, I'm going to take him. And before I can even look at the screen, I have drafted Tyler Lockett. And I am choked. I am like my three-year-old when he doesn't get the ice cream he wants. I'm throwing a fit. I'm saying words I shouldn't be saying and I'm like oh no it's okay it's okay it's okay just calm down you got your second round pick nobody's gonna take Dobbins it's fine and sure enough our buddy Devin takes him in the very next pick the very next pick and I just lose my mind all over again and so anyways I had to trade him uh yeah Zach Moss I think and it was either a second or a third round pick but I definitely you know to bring it full circle there I overpaid for a guy who's on my team and who I wanted. And I, I just think that's kind of like a an unheralded thing to do in fantasy football when you can play on the emotions of an owner who wants their team's player. And I think it was it was perfect. Um, I wouldn't even say I went like I don't even think I went to the whole Browns thing. Like like you said, if you had Nick Chubb, I would have gone to you if anybody else had Nick Chubb, I would have gone to them. 
offering them. I mean, we we all we have discussed many times. It, it can be quite difficult making trades in our league. Most of the time, you have to approach people saying, "Hey, are you interested in X Y Z?" or "Hey, I want you know X Y Z." Um, and so it was it was more so just the fact that I knew Ted had Nick Chubb, and um, that's my bitter moment. I traded Nick Chubb to <laughs> Ted last year. Um, you gave him the deal. Yeah. So, I mean, it, you know, I, I tried to get Kareem Hunt from Mike more than once to pair him with Nick Chubb. So I knew, (laughs) I knew how valuable that tandem is and can be that I was like, no, I'm going to approach Ted right away with this. Um, but again, it was more so getting the second overall pick, um, to guarantee myself a, an opportunity, um, to get one of the top available players, whether that be a rookie, whether that be one of the guys that wasn't kept from last year, um, and just hopefully get, not that Kamara is old, I think he's 26 or almost 27, um, but just to kind of reset my team a little bit. Um, you know, I, I've talked about it many times how I held on to Todd Gurley for too long. I mean, I still have Todd Gurley sitting on my roster from last year. Um, <laughs> And he's got no value left, right? So that was that was the other thing that I was like, okay, like I have to move on from Camara before there's no value left. And I really, really don't trust that New Orleans Saints offense this upcoming season. Just yeah. there's a lot of unknowns with who's going to be playing quarterback and even who is playing quarterback, Jameis or Taysom. Um, I don't trust either one of them either. Uh, so it, it was just, yeah, it was time to, it was time to make a move, time to kind of reset my team a little bit, get a little bit younger. Um, I have Josh Jacobs at running back. He's still quite young. Um, I've got James Robinson. I've got a couple other guys. So, you know, it, it's just one of those, those things that it it's time to, yeah, just, just reset the team a little bit, see if it works out. Um, I mean, I, I recouped, uh, I, I made a very conscious effort last year not to sewer myself by trading away a bunch of my early round picks. So I went in, I already had my own first round pick. So that's the thing. So I gained uh, the second overall pick. I also have the ninth overall pick. Um, I had my second round pick still. I didn't have a third. So I recouped a third and I added an extra fourth. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, I'm, I'm happy. Um, you know, it might blow up in my face. Um, I will after we draft, which I don't know about you, but like after like getting like a little active and like making a couple <laughs> trades and I've been seeing the, you know, a couple people on Twitter, like already drafting, like I'm so ready to just jump in and draft now. Like I'm, I'm ready to go. Like, I'm just like, all right, fantasy can start anytime. Yeah. But yeah, a- after we do our draft, I will, uh, I, I, I tweeted the other day that I, you know, full disclosure, I will reveal who i drafted with those added picks so that we can kind of get um i guess you know a, a, a bigger picture of as far as value yeah it's such an interesting thing i think this is honestly this might be the only reason i keep coming back to fantasy football because uh you and i both know that i we both have a love-hate relationship with it but mine is definitely more on the hate side of it it's it's so incredibly frustrating, like so incredibly frustrating. So, yeah, this is my favorite part of it where it's like, do you go all in to try and make, you know, that splash to win the championship? 
Uh, is your team close enough or who else has a strong team and what are they going to get and when do they get it and do they get it before you? And I think your trades kind of like sparked our league a little bit. Like I couldn't even log into my uh, to my NFL.com account. Like I had to get our commissioner Ryan to delete my account, reset me up like on a different email. And um, oh, yeah, he was not happy with that. So just to get things going a little bit, I'm actually posting on Twitter right now uh, my current roster of, uh, you know, everybody that I have from last year. And who do I keep? We get five keepers. One has to be a rookie. Uh, and then who do I try to trade away? So I'll be looking for everybody's opinions and feedback on that. Um, where did, where did we get with our, I know you were controlling the, uh, the ball Hawks, uh, Twitter account for a while there. And you put out a thing about wanting to do a fantasy football, uh, I guess, Twitter league, Twitter, Instagram, whatever league, where, where did that get to? Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's funny that cause like we both kind of control that ball Hawks account and there's been a few times where I'm like, I really hope like, you know, it's something like br- sort of breaking news happens and like I jump on to tweet it and I'm like, as I'm about to push, push send, I'm like, I wonder if Steve's doing the same thing. And like all of a sudden, like <laughs> two like seconds a apart, one. the ball Hawks pod is sending out this exact same tweet. Um, but yeah, it's uh, so, I mean, we ran, I mean, ran a, a, a Twitter poll, you know, do you guys want to do a ball Hawks podcast? Uh, fantasy football league and uh you know it was very positive that uh, you know quite a few people did and then and of course i put it out there okay so you guys want to do it where should we do it what what site should we do it on and i think if i'm if my memory serves me correct i think espn was the uh was the winner um so now it's you know i'll maybe some sometime this week uh tweet out uh you know if if you want in send us a dm um, I, I don't know how we're going to treat that. Like I, you and I have to de- determine like, what are we doing? How are we participating? Are we doing our own teams? Are we, are we going to share a team? We'll, we'll discuss that off air. Um, so now, you know, how many teams are we going to take in? Are we going to do a 12 team league? Are we going to do a 14 team, 14 team league? Um, and you know, how do we determine, uh, who gets in? Um, so yeah, so we will, we'll discuss that, you know, the, the logistics, but we'll, we'll definitely do it. Um, and we'll, you know, we, we definitely want to do that with you guys. It's a fun thing to do. It's a fun way to interact with you guys. I mean, uh, playing Madden with, with Marquise, uh, today, I'm, I'm really glad I don't have a headset for my PlayStation because I'm sure he would have (laughs) just been giving me the gears, um, so yeah, it's, it's definitely, you know, something that, uh, that I am looking forward to doing. That's funny. Uh, yeah, maybe just uh, if you're listening to this, uh, keep a lookout on the Ball Hawks pod page for that. I think maybe we'll, the people who uh, showed interest in it or responded to you, maybe we'll tag them in some stuff so they get the alert. It, it, I, I think it would be kind of fun if we had enough uh, fellow podcasts where we could all each just represent our podcast. I don't know if we have enough um, interest in that, or maybe we have some just podcasts and then we have some who are just individual standalones. Like I think our, our buddy Calvin there 
was was interested possibly and you know we're you don't have to be a podcaster to be in the league we just want to have some fun and interact with people and like we said before i think you know we just love chatting football and why not you know extend that into fantasy football so uh keep an eye out for that one peeps maybe maybe we'll have to say like i don't know make sure that you subscribe and give us a five-star review on on our podcast you have to show uh, evidence yeah exactly (laughs) start following us on our instagram as well yeah uh it is time for everybody's favorite segment of the week and that's not just with our podcast that is across everything that they do this is your favorite moment of the league what you got for third down today dude yeah it uh i i threw this one together while eating dinner at my parents house tonight um i knew what i was doing all all day it was just a matter of compiling the the list um but of course i mean you know if at this point you're a new listener thank you for joining us um you know all of our regular listeners know the rules but for you new guys uh the third down podcast or third down podcast (laughs) jesus christ the third down segment (laughs) look at you giving free shout outs to everybody else around here yeah which is actually a podcast podcast is congratulations on that free shout out they're Um, they're actually great though so it's not a big deal yeah uh, so anyways, our third down segment, uh, maybe Steve can edit that blunder out. Absolutely is, not. Uh, <laughs> I give Steve some some head to head matchups and I ask Steve to pick uh, which one he thinks is the best um, at the end of the uh, contest. At the end of the matchups, I re- uh, recap Steve's team. He gives me his MVP, who is his, uh, you know, uh, again, I see all these people drafting their fantasy leagues all, already. Who is his 1.01? 1. Um, so this week, uh, I mean, it's it's Father's Day. And I had to go with the battle of the TV dads. Oh. So <laughs> this <laughs> there's could, some good ones. This could there's be really good, good or this could be really bad if this is another uh, another football blunder episode i i I only have one that i question that whether or not you'll know who it is um that's so yeah so we'll see um i mean if if uh you don't know who it is you'll know who it is that he's going against at least uh i have full (laughs) confidence in that now i do have some honorable mentions should i save them for after the matchup oh yeah i'll save them for uh, yeah, because uh, I don't want to like show again. I don't want to show my cards um, by being like, "Hey, this guy's not in the matchup." Yeah. Um, okay, so the first matchup. Oh, you're not gonna ask me if I'm have... ready anymore. What's that? You're not gonna ask me if I'm ready anymore. I just. Uh, I mean, are, are you ready? What if I said no now? <laughs> this... I would just ha- hang up, close my laptop, and go to bed. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm ready. Let's do this. <laughs> All right. Third down. Uh, I, I, I guess I did make an assumption there. Okay, um, first matchup again is uh, we've got from that '70s show, Red Foreman versus. Now this is, guy is actually making his second appearance on the third down segment from Married with Children, mm-hmm. Al Bundy. Yeah, it's funny. You, uh, that was the first person that I thought of, 
when uh, you said TV dads and I thought to myself, oh, crap, which TV dads don't I know? And I never watched Mary. Like, I've seen episodes of it, but I really couldn't even tell you the first thing about Married with Children, to be honest. Uh, But for me, this is a. This is going to be the one that every single person in the world disagrees with me on. Uh, But that 70s show is maybe my number one favorite TV series of all time. And I love Red Foreman. Like if he is the bossest dad of all dads, like his foot is going so far up your ass in every scenario. It has to be Red Foreman. I would like to call you a dumbass for not having seen Married with Children, um, but uh, this is a, a, a family-friendly show. So you won't actually say it that you just said, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. I'm not going to call you a dumbass. <laughs> uh, the next matchup we've got uh, from uh, Home Improvement, Tim the Toolman Taylor, because of course we do. Uh, which uh, actually just you know ties in really nicely with bu- our Buzz Lightyear uh, versus uh, Full Houses Danny Tanner. Oh, the OG girl dad. <sighs> yeah, the OG girl dad. That's a t- that, that's a tough one. That's like the battle of the classic nineties. Um, I gotta go with the tool man. Like, I don't. Yeah, I I also never watched um, a lot of. Um, why am I drawing a blank after you just said the name? Full House, House yeah. Um, yeah, I never watched a whole lot of Full House. My wife absolutely loves it, so I'm sure she would disagree with this. Um, but it's got to be the Tool Man. Oh, 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 oh. Isn't it, oh, 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 oh. Isn't it funny? I, <laughs> He's I like scratching his belly, uh, like classic dad, we, right? We, We've got girl dad going up against boy dad. Yeah, <laughs> I, I actually didn't think about that until just just now. But uh, yeah, I Danny Tanner's a good dad. But I mean, what 90s? I mean, I always classify myself as a 90s kid, even though I'm born in the 80s, just because it's the generation that we grew up in. Yeah. What 90s kid? What kid our generation did not want Tim Taylor to be their dad? I love I mean I guess it depends if you like getting I love my dad sorry dad if you're I love my dad I didn't want to replace my dad but like who didn't want their dad to be like Tim Taylor there maybe I should say that hey guess what on Father's Day um dad I would actually rather have a fictional father as (laughs) as my dad (laughs) excuse me while I take my foot out of my mouth dumbass dumbass Oh, two weeks uh, in a row, we have pulled a blunder with <laughs> moms last week and now our fathers this week. So congratulations to the Ballhawks podcast yep. for being very Dad, family friendly, just not to our own fathers or mothers. Dad, I have the same two, two words for you <laughs> that Steve had for his mom last week. Love you. <laughs> <laughs> um, This is the one that I wasn't sure if you were going to know who it was. Okay. Um, I don't know if you watch This Is Us, but I have Jack Pearson, who, as far as fictional dads go, appears to be like just the best dad you could ever possibly think of that never 
gets mad at his kids and always has like just the perfect thing to say. But like I said, I 100% know that you uh, will know who his opponent is from the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Uncle Phil. Which, I mean, I call him Uncle Phil, but I mean, he was also Carlton's dad too, I guess. So, Oh, he was the dad for sure. Well, yeah, two things are right there. Um, one, obviously, yes, he was the dad of that house. Uh, one of the few scenes that uh, really hits you in the feels when I, I know you're shaking your head already, so you know where we're going with this. But when Will uh, gets his dad back in his life and they're they're so like buddy buddy because he just wants that connection and his dad leaves on him again and uh he's like why why doesn't he love me man and every time i watch that scene i'm like i won't cry i won't cry i won't cry and i'm just like okay like i i gotta go uh these allergies again oh boy (laughs) um yeah you were also right that i have no idea who the other one uh was um but it probably wouldn't have mattered with uncle phil for the win yeah yeah i uh i mean putting this this list together i was kind of like um you know he is like who do i put against him <laughs> he is he is he's for sure uh in my mind the one seed um Ooh, our trying, fi- to, trying to sway the jury here a little bit a little bit a little bit a little bit um now our final matchup here and uh i decided to get a little animated for this one. Oh, uh so i've got uh of course homer j simpson from the <laughs> simpsons versus family guys peter griffin oh my goodness who would be less likely to actually get you killed accidentally, I think is what <laughs> you're trying to ask potentially, but uh, like Battle of the Clueless Dads, where they got no idea what's going on. Um, oh man, this is a tough one. Wow. I would say if there was ever, I'm, I'm not going to pick a tie, but I think if there was ever a third down tie, this might actually be the tie of all ties, but I am going to go with Peter Griffin only, only because of ah, every time he hits a shin and that makes me laugh every time <laughs> has nothing to do with his parenting abilities or lack thereof. But uh, that's the only way I can decide between those two. <laughs> That's that's very it, like I said, it, you know, as much as I think Uncle Phil was the one seed, I it, Homer versus Peter is like the two versus three seed. Like it's like the the the, the hardest matchup to, to decide between. Um, and I'm glad I didn't have to make that decision. Um, I guess before <clears throat> uh, before I recap your team, uh should I let me do honorable yeah, mentions? Yeah, do do those honorable. I want to see who didn't make the cut versus the person I didn't know. Yeah. Uh so honorable mentions. I've got uh from Modern Family, Phil Dunphy. Oh no way. Who is such like He's that, the cool dad. That he's the bro dad. 
is like he is one of the funniest characters in TV in a very very long time. Yeah. Um. So I really really enjoyed Phil Dunphy, but I, again, like, I mean, did I really want to put him up against Uncle Phil just to see another beat down? No. <laughs> so I kept him for honorable mention so we could like, you know, remember him fondly. Fair. Um, I've got Carl Winslow from Family Matters. Um, which I, I I didn't include him in the matchups. I remember watching Family Matters as a kid. I remember Carl Winslow was probably a good dad in that show, but I also haven't watched that show since I was a kid. Like it's not on any streaming services. Um, it's nowhere really to be found. Um, so I, I I just I didn't include him just based on recency. Uh. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't include this one based on our uh, pre-recording conversation uh, from Seinfeld, oh. Frank Costanza. <laughs> <laughs> I, I revealed uh, Serenity now. <laughs> um, yeah, he, so our, uh, he's oh, go hilarious. Ahead. Yeah, um, uh, our pre-recorded call. Uh, basically, I admitted to never really being a Seinfeld fan. Uh, I, I've seen episodes here and there, and I've, you know, I, I, I've seen my fair share of episodes, but it was one of those things where um, I was allowed to stay up. I think it, I think it always went Seinfeld, then Frasier, if I'm not mistaken, back in the the 90s. And I was always allowed to stay up till the end of Frasier. But if I was playing around or like playing with toys and stuff like that, instead of just like mellowing out. Uh, I had to go to bed. So it was kind of like just sit there and be like, I at least I'm not in bed. So, yeah, I'm not a Seinfeld fan. Maybe if maybe that's one I should go back to now that I'm I'm an adult and I would actually like appreciate some of it. I, I, I think you would definitely appreciate uh, Frank Costanza. Um, you you seem like a guy that would really enjoy Festivus, actually. Okay. Um, so you, you should uh, definitely go back and, and give it a watch. I might have to. Um, my my last honorable mention, which this is my last honorable mention. I do have one not so honorable mention as well. So <laughs> my last honorable mention is uh, Alan Matthews from Boy Meets World. Hmm. Um, my again, being a '90s kid, we all remember watching sure. Boy Meets World on TGIF. Uh, my wife and I actually just uh, rewatched the whole series on Disney Plus. And there's there's definitely a few moments with uh, with, you know, Alan Matthews, um, which especially being a father myself now where you're, you know, again, those damn allergies are uh, are really just (laughs) getting in in the way sometimes I'm watching that show. Um, Full disclosure, I have no allergies. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, my not so honorable mention, Um, I we have actually talked about this show quite a bit lately um so i i mean we all know this guy and uh i, I don't think i mean he caught me could have been in in the dad battle actually he may have been a good uh opponent versus uncle phil um but he doesn't deserve really an honorable mention uh walter white oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, he well i mean okay so so sorry spoiler alerts but uh, okay, no, don't say sorry. If you haven't seen Breaking Bad by this point, um, yeah, it's not really spoiler anymore. Like, yeah. spoiler is like when you tell somebody, like, you know, Friday morning what happened on Thursday night's episode, and they've PVR'd it because they didn't get around to it. 
Um, is it really a not so honor? I know this is so, totally sidetracked, but what are we if we're not sidetracked? Uh, is that really a not so honorable thing? I mean, the guy was dying. He went and became a drug lord to make sure that when he died, his like very prompt death, that his family would be set up for the rest of his life. Like, how how much more honor can you get? Uh, obviously not like, you know, cooking up crystal meth and, you know, distributing it um, and murdering people like he did. But he was doing it for his family. How can you how he, can that be not honorable? He got into it for the right reasons. Yeah, I, I will agree with you there. I will give him that. He, he definitely got into it for the right reasons. However, he is such a an egomaniac and such a narcissist <laughs> that it so quickly went to his head and it was no longer about helping his family. It was more so about like, no, I'm really good at this. Like I'm the top of my, you know, I'm at the top of my game. Like I can't stop doing this now. Like look at all, all this money I'm making and look at all these people that, you know, bow down to me and adore me. And like, it, it wasn't like, by the end of the first season, it was no longer about helping his family. Yeah, as soon as as soon as he turned his character from Walter White into Heisenberg, he he became less of a family man, and you know it more it, of a drug man. Yeah, but that that's what makes that show so good is because of his backstory being you know a high level chemist, and like he just wanted to be known like to be at the top of his field. Um. Yeah. Yeah, th those I, are some I, good honorable mentions. Uh, I know this show does not get the credit it really does deserve. I was actually thinking that you were going to put Frank uh, from Everybody Loves Raymond on there. Not an Everybody Loves Raymond guy. You've never seen it. Oh, wow. OK, yeah. here's some breaking news. Um, he's just like that, like grumpy. I'm going to sit on my butt and scream scratch it and go get me my like dinner kind of thing. He's just like that old school, rugged. I don't care what you think kind of daddy. It's hilarious. I, I think it's one of the most underrated shows. I actually own all of the series. So if you ever want to watch it, um, could send it your way. I, I think I know who Frank, like I, I shouldn't say like, I've never watched it. Like I've seen episodes. Like I know who Frank is. Um, but it, it, when I was thinking of TV dads, he was definitely not anywhere on my radar. Um, and it, I don't know, just listening to your description, I'm like, okay, that's Red Foreman. I mean, if you want to go back even further, like that's true. Archie Bunker. Yeah, like, <laughs> true. Um, okay, let's recap your team. Your team here, your your choices. Uh, so we have Red Foreman because you're not a dumbass. <laughs> we have Tim the Toolman Taylor. Uh, we have Uncle Phil and we have Peter Griffin. And I, I know I did try to sway you, but who is your MVP? I mean, I've got I've got the dad of dads. I've got an all star lineup of dads here. Uh, you know, it's hard not to say Tim the Toolman. I, I'm not a huge family guy or, or Simpsons guy even. So that one would never crack my even top five, probably. Uh, Tim, the Toolman Taylor is probably upwards of number three, definitely in my top five, uh, not my MVP. So it comes down to Uncle Phil 
or Red Foreman. And with your best efforts to sway me, my MVP is Red Foreman all the way. I have seen, so I obviously own all of the series of That 70s Show. Uh, When I was in university, I probably went through the entire series, start to finish, episode one till the finale, I would say four or five times a year for five years. And then even so I've I've seen the entire season at least 20 times, minimum 20 times every single episode. It's my like go to. And Red Foreman is the funniest, funniest character around like that dry sense of humor is just so damn good. Love it. He's my MVP. And to be honest, it's really not I don't even think it's a question like Uncle Phil's your one one. He's like my he's my one two. He's not even a one B. It um, I, I guess live in that broke college <laughs> life of like I have no cable, so I'll just watch that 70s show <laughs> repeatedly. <laughs> it was more like, you know, if you're writing a paper or you're doing some homework, you just have it on in the background or before you go to bed, I'll watch like you know, three or four episodes and fall asleep to it kind of idea. But yeah, I've seen every season at least 20 times. It's it's my, I mean, Fresh Prince is close, but I definitely haven't seen Fresh Prince as much as that. So Red Foreman, baby. Um, Again, proving that you are not a dumbass. (laughs) I thought you were just going to say that I was. There was a, there was a question mark at the end of that, at the end of that sentence. You read the question mark on the teleprompter. I get it. Classic, classic move. <laughs> I am Ron Burgundy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, we have one last thing. We're uh, we're getting into the over hour ep- uh, marker here. So we we kind of put it out there late. We were obviously doing some Father's Day things today. Uh, the mailbag got out there late, so we only have one question. It's from our buddy Calvin. So before I f- read it, um, he's been. Uh, I think he's been watching it since episode one, been following us. Uh, he is the guy with Geno Smith ass tat, which is hilarious. Um, he is a, this is his first Father's Day. So happy first Father's Day to you, my friend. Uh, we know that it was a bit of a bittersweet moment, uh, but we just hope it was still a good one with your little man there. Uh, and his question is dad related as well. So uh, I'm going to, lean this one to you first what's your favorite part of being dads yeah i uh what a, yeah what a tough first one all, this is the toughest mailbag question we've ever had it really is this is tougher than uh, ted's question from last week that we yeah. refused to answer uh <laughs> <laughs> before i do answer um like steve said uh happy father's day to you calvin um, your first one, um, which, uh, you know, the, the, the first one's always the best one, man. Um, so I, I, I hope you had a really, really good first Father's Day with your little guy there. Um, not that they're not all good, but I just, you know, that, that first one always hits a little different. Yeah. Um, I saw his question and I <laughs> have actually been racking my mind all day how to answer you know, what what is the best 
thing about being a dad or wasn't it like what what was like the best moment of being a dad or, no, i think it's I what's know. your favorite part of being dads but i mean, I mean okay we're not there's not one favorite part, but give me give me like one of your highlights. What's one of your favorite things to do? Yeah. You know, what, as, what's your guys favorite part of being dads? And yeah, it's oh, man, there's so many amazing things. And like just especially like when your kids are I mean, our kids are still very young and they're still learning so much and just watching them like learn and adapt and change. Like I said earlier in this podcast, like my six year old daughter is is reading now like she can read books on her own i mean she reads them to uh to nadine and i and like we're just so proud of her and watching her do that and watching her you know go through uh grade one this year and learning how to write and do math like my daughter says that her favorite thing in school is math and i'm like what the like whose kid are you and like just (laughs) like so many things like that and then like my my three-year-old like he's just like man my three-year-old is so fearless like he just like he that kid would run through a glass window i'm sure of it like he, well, he just doesn't the other care weekend, right <laughs> what's that <laughs> said he tried to the other week right or yeah uh, as long as i don't trip as long as i don't trip him near a glass window he won't <laughs> he shouldn't go through it um Poor guy. yeah he, he's just like that that kid is so fearless but like he's at the same time like he is just like nadine and i say it all the time like carter just doesn't care yeah he is like just that like and that's probably part of the reason why i did cry when you know writing that he loves me because you know uh, he's i'm his best friend um it's because like he's just he's not that kid like he carter just doesn't care he doesn't care about anything like he's just carter goes about his own thing he does his own thing but like if i were to say what is my favorite thing about being a dad it's what oh man there's too many things like watching them being able to watching them grow and watching them adapt and watching them learn watching them figure out how to solve a problem on their own and just sitting back and watching it hey and just watching it and watching the like just how proud they are when when they problem solve or how proud they are when they accomplish something like my olivia came home from swimming lessons this morning um she went to swimming lessons at like nine o'clock she was home um I don't know, an hour later or whatever. And she walked through the door in tears and she was upset because she failed swimming lessons, um, oh. which I mean, whatever, like she's six years old, like she's in swimming class with like eight year olds and she's in swim. Like she's in like, she's a really good swimmer. And I was like, kiddo, like, it's okay. Like you'll get them next time. But like just seeing like how upset she was, but like at the same time, seeing the accomplishment on her face when she does something. But I, like I said, I, I thought about this all day long <laughs> And I think my favorite moment of being a dad is when you're just doing nothing. When you're just sitting on the couch, you're watching a show, your kids are sitting on your lap. I mean, I, I, I've got a spot that it, we call it the Olivia spot. And she has sat there since she was a newborn baby. And she even still at six years old, she just fits so perfectly in this spot and carter always tries to steal it from her and i go nope sorry bud like that's your your sister claimed that that's hers and just those moments where you're just enjoying each other and enjoying each other's presence or my my i guess one b but like i mean these two kind of go hand in hand is in those moments when you are just enjoying each other's presence and your kid just turns and looks at you and says dad I love you. Yeah. It's just like, oh. <laughs> you're just, 
just you just turn into putty, yeah. right? And just those those unprovoked moments. I I tell my kid, God, I tell my kids probably at least five times a day that I love them, and they usually say it back. Olivia is a lot more consistent with saying it back than Carter is because again, he's <laughs> just doesn't care. Um, so th- those moments where they just unprovoked. I didn't say it first and they turn and say, daddy, I love you. Or, um, you know, daddy, you, my best friend. And I was just like, Oh God. Yeah. In that moment, they don't realize that they could literally have whatever they want. Like, because yeah, when you say it to them, it's kind of like this built in, like automated response almost where, um, it, you know, they just, they just do it. And when they do it unabated on their own, you're like, Oh my goodness, how could you be any cuter right now? Um, yeah, same thing, obviously, like it's too hard to pick one thing. I think, you know, even though he's a a new dad, I think he knows that it's the impossible question to answer. Um, you mentioned one of my favorites is the problem solving and more specifically when I can, when they don't know I'm watching them. It's been like it's it's been a while since we've had newborns in the house, like a few years at least. But watching a newborn think is one of the most fascinating things you will ever go through in, in terms of witnessing. Like I, I still have, you know, a video of Sienna one day, uh, you know, she's just barely able to stand. She can't walk yet. She can just stand like pulled up on things. And we had this little ottoman and uh, well, it was a pretty big ottoman because it was pretty like deep and uh, there was a Cheerio just out of her reach. And I'm just sitting there watching her look at this Cheerio and she could kind of like walk around and probably get it. But, you know, her brain is still limited. So she looks at the Cheerio and slams her hand down and sees that the Cheerio kind of bounces on the uh, ottoman a little bit and it goes a little closer to her. And she kind of like makes this weird like I'm thinking face and I'm just in the moment. I'm like, oh, my gosh, she's figured it out. Like she's figured out how to get this Cheerio. She's figured out how like physics literally works from a simplistic point. And she just sat there and started like banging the ottoman until the Cheerio got within her reach. And of course, being like, Let's see if she does it again. And I put a couple more out. So I put like two out and she's hitting them on different sides. So they go and it's just unbelievably fascinating watching them figure something out. I obviously love helping them, you know, play Lego or build towers or whatever that is where I'm helping them with the learning process. But watching them kind of go through it themselves and seeing how they solve problems is like you know, that old saying, like, I wish I could like just live for a couple minutes in their mind to, to know what they're thinking is, is pretty cool. Um, obviously like the laughter, I don't think anybody's there. There's nothing like hearing your kid in a hysterical giggle, like whether you're like tickling them or they find something funny or they're like laughing about whatever it is. But um, you know, everyone's going to think their kids have like the best laugh or the best giggle. Uh, but Easton has more of like a belly laugh and like it's, they're just contagious laughs where you just, it doesn't matter what move you're in mood you're in when your kids laugh uncontrollably, 
you just you can't help but uh, be happy about that. But I think my favorite thing, um, it, it's kind of like yours a little bit, but it's just like that cuddling time where you you know you're not going to get this for you know forever. There there is going to be a time where you don't get your kids cuddling you to watch movie night or. Um, maybe it's like, you know, I don't, I don't know if you guys co-sleep or anything like that, but, um, I'm okay with my kids coming into my bed at, at any time because I know at some point they're going to hit that independent stage and they're not going, like, you're not going to wake up with that, like little baby, like mouth wide open, uh, to start your day, which, you know, is, is so much fun. So, um, yeah, lo- lots of good, lots of good things to look forward to Calvin, um, I'm sure he's already, well, I mean, we've, we've seen him post some things about, you know, the first smiles or the first laughs or, you know, whatever those are. And there's just so many cool moments and there's, there's not a favorite stage. Hey, like I always thought it, it was it, like, oh, this is, this is going to be like the best stage. How could it get any better? And then just something different happens and they grow and they learn and you're like, Wow no, this is my favorite stage now. And you can look back nostalgically, but you still think, wow, this is my favorite stage. And then it just happens over and over. I, I love newborn babies. Oh, I newborn love, babies are the best. The smell. Yeah. I That's my favorite part. Babies. Actually, Calvin, I take it back. Newborn baby yeah, smell. I, favorite thing. I love the way newborn smell. I love the way they just like, I mean, especially with the first, like you just, you don't want to let this little thing away from your sight, away from your body. Like it's just, yeah, I, I, I love, I, I call it the potato stage because they just, <laughs> they sleep, they eat, they poop and they're awake for a lot less time than they are sleeping. Um, yeah. It, like, like Steve said, that is literally the impossible question to answer. Um, I mean, I, I remember when I became a dad for the first time when Olivia was born and, you know, of course it's, I mean, it, 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 uh, you know, age old question. Oh, like, what's it like to be a dad? (laughs) Kind of like, like, I'm not going to tell you it sucks. Like, (laughs) like, I don't know what you're, I don't know what you're looking for here. It's like, you know, it's it's the same thing when, when Nadine and I got married, it's like, Oh, like, what's it like to be married? I'm like, well, we've already been living together for a year. So it's the same as when we weren't married. Just we actually have rings on our fingers now. I don't know. Like, um, but I, I remember when people would ask me that when Olivia was born and again, it's the impossible question. I had no way to answer that question. And the only way I knew how to describe being a new dad or dad in general, it's just the best, man. Like, it's, it's just the just best. The best. Like, I mean, a lot of people are going to call me out on this because now that my kids are older and I hear that people are, you know, are, are talking about having kids or thinking about having kids or maybe even already pregnant, my response is don't do it. It's a trap. Um, <laughs> but I, I say that tongue in cheek because, I mean, being a dad is there, there's nothing more rewarding in your life than being a dad yeah I remember taking some heat at work one day because uh, this is when you know Sienna was I think she must have been like four to six months old kind of in that range and uh the the topic came up and stuff like that and I remember uh it was a night where she was teething and I didn't sleep pretty much all night and they're like man that must suck and I was like no 
it actually doesn't suck to, you know, get up and comfort your child because they're in pain. Like it, even in the most tired state, even in your most frustrated state, even in your most like, why won't these kids listen to me? It's still the absolute best all the time. And I will stand by that forever. Every single moment, even the horrible times where you're just like pulling your hair out because you're like, dude, why are you jumping off the couch head first? Like, are you kidding me? It's still just the best. That's the perfect way to describe it. The best. And it's just, I mean, did you enjoy getting up with your child because they were teething? No, but it's just part of the journey, right? It's just, yeah. it, it comes with like, okay, like I'm a dad. This is what I do. Yeah. Um, okay. So that's, uh, pretty much it for the episode. Um, obviously go check us out on our social media. You can find me at SS Fisher eight, seven. Chris is on Twitter as well at Phillips, Chris 12. Uh, you can find our podcast account. And so if you wanted to be in the fantasy football tournament, uh, go send us a DM about that. Uh, ballhawks underscore pod. We're also on Instagram at the same handle, uh, we are on Facebook and in uh, YouTube uh, by searching up Ball Hawks Podcast. Go go give our logo a look and tell us like what do you, what do you think of it? Um, maybe we'll we'll start making a little bit of swag with it. Uh, but as always, I leave the final words of wisdom to you, my friend. What's a what are you uh, what are you leaving us with? I mean, you literally just took away everything that I usually close out with, um, <laughs> including even my own Twitter handle. Um, so yeah, I mean, I guess thanks for listening guys. Go Hawks. Peace. Hi, I'm Connie Teeson, the host of broadcast dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app. Do, did, Will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holawati from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network.